Welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Larry. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here inside the Adventure Coach, getting after it. Um, how these calls work, Tuesdays are a bit more of a question and answer, a bit more of an open office. There's always the option to um, either ask me questions in, uh, in hyper-support through WhatsApp, through feedback forms or in the thread post for these calls and we'll just answer them. I generally have a general trend of subjects to where I would like this call to go based on some of the feedback forms and some of the other bits and pieces that I know you guys are going through. And then we can just rabbit off questions. I've got your comments on the right hand side of my screen here. Um, yes, there's a bit of a latency between me talking and you hearing what I'm saying, uh, but that's cool. We just make do with it. That's the limitations of Facebook and I think internet connection. Um, but look, we work through it and we make the most of it. And this then gets extracted and put into the podcast. You will have that sent to you by email this evening. And there we go, team. You have all the information that you need in your hands. Good to go. So it's a pleasure to have you all here. Now then, what we're going to be doing this evening is we're going to be looking at the implementation of information, your implementation of habit, and dialing in the potency of your work, not just the quantity. We have a lot of busy people in the Adventure Coach. Heck, I'm one of them. You know, we've got people who are balancing jobs and balancing fitness and balancing hobbies and families and all sorts of things going on. We've got people with slightly less pleasant things going on than other people and more pleasant, doesn't matter. We've all got very, very busy lives. Now, what we need to make sure that we're managing here, team, is our energy, first and foremost. Now, some of you have heard me talk about this. Others may not have done, and that's cool because we're going to revisit this. And I want to imagine that you have an amount of energy that you can apply to each day. And then tomorrow, it is reset again over and over again. Now, as much as this might sound a little bit airy-fairy, and I'm going to really milk this analogy. Uh, Lord knows I do love analogy. But there is some facts behind this. Because this is a principle that I've basically taken from the understanding of general adaptation energy. Which is the body having a certain amount of energy that it can apply to a certain stimulus, i.e. going to the gym, and you can make that more potent or less potent depending on the amount of exercise you do. For example, let's say we go to the gym and we do 12 different exercises. We do a bit of treadmill, we do a bit of rowing, we do some bicep curls, do some squatting, do some other bits and pieces, whatever. Your body will naturally adapt to the work, but it will adapt on a lesser, sorry, on a lesser amount for each stimulus, for each exercise right? Compare that to going to the gym and doing five exercises, for example, and working on a higher intensity of those exercises, the body's still going to adapt, but it's going to adapt to those five exercises on a much higher level. Now, this is where I take that theory and I place it into this analogy. And I want you to imagine we've got a nice big glass kilner jar in front of us here, in front of me here on the desk. Big glass kilner jar. Now, in that big glass kilner jar... We've got these tennis balls, and the dog's just noticed that I've got a tennis ball, so he's going to take it off me in a minute. We've got tennis balls. Now, these tennis balls, they show, or represent rather, areas of your day where you need to apply more energy. You need to give more energy. These are the most important things in your day. Okay? We've got tennis balls, most important thing. Now, I've run out of props now, but the next one down from that is we've got golf balls. Things that still require your attention and your energy, they're still a focus for the day, but it's not quite as important as the tennis balls. And then after that, you've got frozen peas. You know, the sort of stuff that's the consistency of grit, sand, frozen peas, that sort of stuff, the small stuff. This is what a lot of people do. They get their jar, boof, and they fill it full of dirt, and that's it. 
and all of their energy is taken up from the small, meaningless, or not necessarily meaningless, but more menial tasks of every single day. It's, the, it's getting stuck in the trap of there is always things to do. We've all got things going on around us where there's always things to do. You know, Mark, there's always things to do in the workshop. Sarah, there's always things to do either with work or around the family or around the house. I've always got things to do in the business. There are always things to do. And we can fill our day, if we're not careful, with this lower level stuff. And I want you to imagine now, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. It's Captain Jack Sparrow cutting around with this little jar of dirt. Now, what we need to do first and foremost is we need to keep the jar empty. Because we want to start the day with an empty jar of energy. And the first thing I want you to do is I want you to think about and concentrate on where those tennis balls are going first. Because if we put, let's say we put four or five tennis balls in this jar first and foremost. Yes, we've taken up volume. But what we've done there is prioritise the energy that we have in our little jar of energy. We are prioritising that space and that capacity to the most important things of our day. For example, some of those could be being up for the school run. More of those could be being there for my partner at the end of the day. Having a date night. Truly having some time off because I want to go out for the evening or I want to just go and do something for me. Maybe it's a certain objective that you've got to do within your work or within your life. These are things that require the maximum amount of energy. Maybe it is your workout because that means a lot to you, perhaps. And then after you've got your tennis balls in the jar, then I want you to consider putting golf balls in there. And the golf balls are the less important things, but they're still quite important for your day. That might be um, ensuring that we have a massively healthy lunch. Maybe we're going to have... Um, a hot chicken poke bowl for lunch. Maybe we're going to ensure that we're drinking three liters of water a day. Maybe we're going to ensure that we're getting 5,000 steps in at least um, before the day started. Maybe we're going to ensure that we are going to turn the phone off at half past eight at night. We are not going to check the phone for the first hour of the day. These are the golf balls, things that we're going to put in. Again, they're requiring, they are requiring energy from us and again from this kiln jar in front of us. Now team, Use your imagination. Close your eyes. Think about it. Think about your jar of energy. Think about what your tennis balls are right now. And picture those tennis balls in that jar. Around those tennis balls, I want you to picture what your current golf balls are. So the most important things in your day and the sort of important things in your day. I want you to picture a glass jar in front of you that's full of your however many tennis balls you've got and however many golf balls you've got. Are you there? Because the next thing I want you to do is now I want you to imagine every bit of space around those balls in the jar, I want you to fill with sand. Pour sand into the top. Watch it fill up. Watch all the sand go around the tennis balls and around the golf balls. This is the general noise of the day that is still going to take some of your energy. But look at how less, but how, how much less, that's a terrible sentence, isn't it? But I don't know how to say it. How much less space is taking up in that jar by sand because you've prioritised the golf balls and the tennis balls. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Because what we're doing here, folks, is if you're prioritising your energy to go to certain places, certain things that you need to do, and I'll invite you to get a notebook and write them down at the beginning of each day, write them in the notes aspect of your, of your phone, get them in there and record them and tell yourself that you're going to do them. For me, it's a whiteboard in my office right there, and I do the exact same thing there. 
and I do it for every single day, Monday, Wednesday, uh, Monday all the way through to Sunday. Once you write them down and record them, you're prioritizing the way you spend your energy. What that's meaning is you are starting your day in a more proactive state, therefore taking control. Because what every bloody person does is they'll get out of bed in the morning, they'll usually react to like this maybe, or the news or something else going on in the world or some other crap that nobody really cares about, but it's just there. And that's leaving them reactive to start the day. They're not starting the day on their own terms. And then they're not ending the day on their own terms because they're ending the day here, doing a bit of this, getting that light into the eyes, stimulating the eyes and not really going to sleep as well. And then going into the negative spiral of then doing again the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and so on. When we prioritize our energy, we're not gonna avoid the noise of the day, but we can damage control it. It means that you're not giving all of your energy of the day to this noise, and it means that you have a little bit of control. And that comes, and this is me banging the drum about the bookends of the day once more, welcome again to my TED talk. That comes with protecting the bookends of your day, the first hour and the last hour. I'm gonna bang that drum until the day that I'm no longer here. If you protect the bookends of your day, the first hour and the last hour, and you control those, you control your day, or at least, at the very least, you control your attitude and your perception going into that day. I just come off a wonderful call with a wonderful client who's in our group. And their anchor in the morning is getting on the rowing machine. Downstairs, get on the rower. Do the thing. That's their bookend of the day. That's the start point of their day. No matter how hard their day is ahead, they have started with control, which is an incredibly empowering place to be. And I'm not saying you need to have the perfect um, morning routine that you've read in a book. I'm saying you need to have something that you can do every single morning. It might change. It might change in a month's time compared to what it is right now. And that's cool. My routine changes quite regularly. It's going to change again next week. But that's just the way it is. But the thing is, it's, it's always starting that day in a way that serves you best. And I want to emphasize the phrase serves you best. Does that make sense, team? Are you with me? Give me a quick feel in the comments. Like, is this landing? Does this sound like the sort of thing that you're doing? Does this sound like the sort of thing that you're going to find value in? Is this something that you can apply tomorrow? Or even better, tonight for the bookend for the evening? While you're commenting, because I know there's a delay, I'm going to keep talking, but I will see every comment that comes in. Because then we look at the evening. Because how many people end their day looking at one of those? Actually, to be fair, not many in here, to be honest, which is good because I'm hammering down on everybody because the more we spend time on the phone in the evening, the more we're stimulating the brain, the more we stimulate the brain, the less we're going to have restful sleep, the less we have restful sleep, the more likely we're going to do it all again tomorrow. If you can get to half eight, nothing good happens on social media past half eight. It just doesn't. And you set an alarm on your phone and 100% Sarah, did this in our strategy chat, resonates with me, needs some time to need to be reminded though, 100%. You'll all be pleased to know that you're all gonna get onboarded this week actually for every new training program that's coming out, you're all gonna be into the new accountability system. Um, and we're gonna have all these little reminders in there. 
everything that we discuss in all of our strategy calls and things that I think are resonating with you and comments that you have from all of these calls or things that you're telling me about in messages, they're all going to go in the accountability system. You're good to go. It's all there. It's keeping you central. Because the thing is, when we protect that bookend in the evening, we're setting ourselves up for success, for a better sleep. The better we sleep, the better we recover. The better we recover, the more likely we will do the same again tomorrow. See how it works again. It's a negative feedback loop or a positive feedback loop. Now, I'm pretty strict with the fact that my phone goes off at half eight. Off. If you need it for an alarm, either get an alarm clock or put it on airplane mode. And if you really need an alarm and you don't want to have your phone by your bed, put it on charge in the landing. Then you have to get out of bed to turn your alarm off. Sounds silly, but I'll tell you something, it really works. Once you're up, you're up. I literally, I used to do that. I don't necessarily need an alarm per se at the moment because um, I just don't really need one at the moment. I don't use my phone in the, in the room. So I used to put my phone on the landing and then next to, next to where my phone was, was my fizz kit and a pair of shoes or my tactical flip-flops. If you've seen that, I wear my uh, high-performance flip-flops. And then that means I'm dressed and I'm ready to go outside first thing in the morning. My bookmark for the day, for the first hour, is if I have to use my phone, and sometimes I use it for like a stopwatch, it's on airplane mode. I'm not reacting to my work phone, I'm not reacting to my personal phone, I'm not on social media, but I might use it for a stopwatch if I need it. And I go outside, I drink some water, I watch the dog do his thing, I get barefoot on the grass because it feels nice, and then I go in and start my day, usually with an entire teapot of tea. And then we crack on. And that's my start. And the end, it's not record-breaking or, 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 or earth-shattering here. I turn my phone off. I go to bed at a relatively consistent time. Yes, that does change every now and then, depending on busyness or events and things like that. And then I cool myself down, ready to go to sleep. I tick my brain down. I'm not, I'm not stimulating my brain until the bitter end. Sometimes I'm reading a book. Sometimes I'm just chatting. Sometimes I'm just sitting. Sometimes there's a candle lit. Whatever but it's allowing yourself some time to just relax. There are people here within the Adventure Coach. I know you because you're watching or you're listening. I hear you, I see you. They're doing this. They get there in the evening and they're still scrolling away. Now my question is this, why? Why are you scrolling? And that's it. Before you jump in with an answer, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's a hard question to answer. Ooh. I've just stepped on a squeaky snake. There we go. <laughs> Ernie brought the squeaky snake up. Um, I'm gonna. I'm jumping there because it's that's caught me off guard. That has. It's a very difficult question to answer, especially. I don't know if you folk, folks find it, but if you go onto Facebook and Facebook Watch, this is probably the worst thing, maybe next to TikTok, for keeping you entertained for hours to do random crap and watch random crap. And really, as much as we can say you can build the mental fortitude to, to, to turn your phone off, in reality, sometimes you just need a, a, an app blocking app. Funnily enough, an app to block an app. You know, or you can do screen time on an iPhone. You dirty Android owners, uh, owners, I'm not sure what you can do. I'm pretty sure there's still a screen time locking app on there somewhere. But with Apple, you can do it through settings. And you just time it out. Or you need to just go cold turkey and turn your bloody phone off. And then you'll just find something else to do. Read a book. Chill out. Do some stretching. Relax, God forbid. 
This is not relaxing. It's not relaxing. You're stimulating yourself. You are thinking about things. I've, I'm telling you this because I've done it before. And I've been scrolling through and then I've had a dream about something that I've been scrolling about, which is really weird. And that goes to show how much it can affect you. So if you want to dive into the implementation and the potency of your work, you need to make sure that you've got implementation and potency behind how you're, how you're spending your energy. Because if you're struggling to maybe draw a line between home and work, if you're struggling to recover properly and draw a line between the active day and then the resting day, it's likely because the potency and intent of each one of those activities isn't enough to A, stimulate the response you're looking for to get the job done, and B, in your mind to earn a relaxation or a recovery afterwards. As the, as the saying goes, stress plus rest equals growth, right? Let's talk about this from work. We've got a load of high performers in this group, loads of people who are doing things in work and they're fantastic at what they're doing, that's great. But how much are you applying this principle to that work? To saying, look, this is my one hour, I'm gonna use an hour just for argument's sake, but you do you about around how you work. But I'd suggest not making this more than say 90 minutes to two hours. You know, you do a work block. What do you do after that work block? Do you sit there and scroll a little bit? What is that work block? Is it actually dedicated time to nailing the work? See here, I've got my coffee machine, I've got a candle, I've got music, I've got lights. This is a comfortable place to be. And I set a timer, one hour, bosh, and I get work done for an hour. When the timer goes off, I leave the room for 10 minutes. Come back to another hour, 10 minutes gone. Come back to another hour, then do some fizz. And so on and so forth. But I break my day up in such a way that allows me to adhere by the stress plus rest equals growth um, formula. When we can do that, you start to take a bit more control. Because look, people at work are going to get used to the fact that you're not contactable immediately straight away because you're busy. You're not paid there, probably, to sit there on emails and wait for people to email so you can respond straight away. That's probably not your job. Unless you're IT tech support, but even then you're doing other things. You're doing loads of other things. So it doesn't matter if it takes 10 minutes to get back to a couple of emails about some things. Even if the perception is there that you need to be, you know, working all the time or busyness all the time, give your line manager the book Peak Performance by... Ah, oh, the name's gone. Damn it. It's gone off the top of my head. I'm going to open Audible at the same time. Give your line manager the book Peak Performance by Steve Magnuson. That's the one. And tell him to read it. And then you'll learn how blocks of time are incredibly useful to potent work. And if you're in a managerial position, implement it. I'm not saying you need to give everyone all the time off. I'm saying protect your time first because then you'll inspire other people to protect their time. And you'll show leading from the front how people can do this. If you're working, I mean, Claire, for example, you work with clients and you work in blocks. You can, you can control your blocks of time. I say, look, I'm not working Monday or I'm not taking clients here or I'm doing something for me here and so on and so forth. Does that make sense? I know obviously people who are doing more nine to five-esque jobs, that's a little bit more difficult, but you can definitely control how you let go of work and how you build up to work at the end and at the beginning of the day. On the way home, 
Let's listen to something relaxing and driving home. Listen to a podcast, switching off, going to somewhere else you want to be. So that you come home, meet your partner or your dog, talk through the day. I definitely talk through the day with the dog every now and then. Put the world to rights, it takes 10 minutes, and then you're back in. Home head is on. If you work from home, close the door. Leave the office. Don't go back into it. Control your time. And if you're in a job job where you can't control your time, uh, then that's something you need to implement with your line manager. If you're in a job where you've got maybe slightly less predictable shifts, like Jen, for example, I know you have, then this is where we need to look at that and write down the entire week. Anyone can do this, really. Write, but, but for people like Jen especially, write down your entire week, Monday to Friday. Uh, Monday to Sunday, sorry. When am I working? When am I not working? What time am I working? What time am I free? What are the main things I need to achieve this week? When am I cleaning the house? When am I doing the shopping? Can I get the shopping delivered online so it's a little easier for me and doesn't take too much of my time, unless you really like shopping, um, or you're filming videos around Tesco's, which is horrible. And understand where you're allocating your time and energy. Take the analogy of the kilner jar and now apply it to a big kilner jar for the week. Where's your energy going that week? What do you need to accomplish? What do you need to apply? And then you can understand, right, well, I've got boot camps here, or I've got workouts here, or I've got this and that and the other here, you know, and that's where you are then applying what you're doing for fun, what you're doing for yourself, what you're doing for work, and how the rest of the world fits around you. So that your week is not just, going back to the analogy of the jar, your week doesn't turn into a jar full of dirt. Rather, it gets... um, more potent and intentional around how you're applying your energy. And then if you're at work and you've got access to a calendar, my mum pretty much lives, she's a civil servant, she pretty much lives off her calendar. Um, I know Sarah, for example, I know you're, I'm assuming here you're in some sort of management position, you're very high up in your your job and you're very good at it, you're a very high performer at it and that's amazing. You're gonna have a calendar, block the time out. I'm unavailable this time, I'm unavailable that time. Other times that you need to be available? Okay, cool. Work around it. Understand when you need to give, when you need to take. Because we don't do enough taking. It's not very British. So we need to take more. Not just give, not just give, not just give in order to appease and please. We need to work out for ourselves first. And that is how we can work with implementation and potency in our overall lifestyle, transcending just food and fitness. And that's the same whatever job you're in. Yes, there are times where the proverbial is going to hit the fan and it's busier than others. And you make up for that by doing other stuff first. And then prioritising yourself. We've got some comments. What have we got? (laughs) Uh, Used to check my phone first thing. Now I have a go-to book, which I read while brushing my teeth. It has reduced stress levels. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Love getting things done, which is about putting work into locations or time-based groups so it is off your mind and you can get it done immediately or at the most efficient time. Yes, Getting Things Done by, that's David Allen, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Great recommendation. Bookending My Day Keeps Me Sane. Yeah, 100%. Like the analogies of the balls and sand. Yeah, absolutely. There was, um, I basically, I took it also from, there was an analogy about how life is a bit like a time glass with sand. Um, anyway, it's a little airy-fairy, but it's a little bit bastardised from both of those, really. But it works. Think about it. 
If you go into every single day and you focus on the tennis balls only, I had a wonderful chat with someone the other day, how we were focusing on this, how it was just a case of there's so much going on, you can get lost in the ether, lost in the noise, but instead we just focus on three tennis balls per day. And those tennis balls differ for the weekend or they differ for the work days. And if that's the walk, you know, the walking commute to drop the kids off at school, and that's turning up being 100% at the dinner table, and that's getting a fitness session in every single day, or doing 10,000 steps, or whatever that is, then great. Understand what they are, and stick to them. And negotiate with yourself to get them done. Is that getting out of bed and rowing? Is that drinking three litres of water per day? Is that making sure you're getting a fitness session in? Is that making sure that you finish work on time? Whatever those are, understand them and apply them and do that immediately. As soon as this call's over, I want you to think about where your energy is going tomorrow. If you really have to, draw or print out a little emoji thing of a glass kilner jar. I'm sure there's one somewhere on the internet. Oh, this is a really fun activity, actually. You could print one off on A4 paper. You could print off some tennis balls, laminate them, get a whiteboard marker, write on them what your tennis ball is, like where your main energy has to go, and you stick them onto that kilner jar. That's a fun thing to have on your fridge. You're welcome. <laughs> and then you're, you're visually seeing where your energy is going, what it is that you're applying yourself to do. Because then you look at that and go, do you know what? A tennis ball, the most important thing that I've said for me, for my energy for this week, is actually to get my fitness sessions done. The ones that are programmed, all three, four, five, however many is there is of them. Okay, that is a commitment. It's now at the forefront of my brain. Prefrontal cortex is like, I need to do that now. Okay, I'm going to do it. I committed to doing that. Because when Ben asks me at the end of the week, did I do what I said I was going to do? If I don't do that, the answer is going to have to be no. Does that make sense, team? Does that land with you? Let me know in comments. Give me your biggest takeaway so far, and then I'm going to dive into some questions. Um, I've just closed Facebook, so give me a second to open up the thread again. Excellent. Sarah, straight in there. Thank you so much. Right. What are we looking at for questions? Give me two seconds, team. I closed it. There we go. Right, we're in. Questions on heart rate training. Heart rate training, uh, we addressed in previous podcast. Uh, I've just linked it actually in, in um, response to that uh, in response to that question. But in order to just quickly dive into it now, there are multiple ways that you can train. You can train to effort levels on something called a rate of perceived exertion, which is a scale of one to seven or one to ten, depending on how you are, uh, depending on what you've read and you know what system you're using. There's a bunch of them. It doesn't really matter. But you can use the rate of perceived exertion. You can use breathing rates, which is essentially either easy or not easy. You can use mental uh, training zones, which is mentally taxing workouts versus not. You can use heart rate zones. You can use um, actual physical, uh, um, you can use pacing zones, sorry, as well. So looking at, uh, Charlie, for you example, you're looking at um, time and pace, which is very important to you, for you for the next couple of weeks for your goal. So what I would suggest is don't change anything now. Keep going and keep working towards that until you get to the 25th. It is too late now to make those changes. Just keep doing with the plan that we've agreed. But if you're going to heart rate zones, yes, you've got um, you've got heart rate zones that you're going to be drilling. Most For most people here, it's going to be following roughly an 80-20 uh, principle of 80% easy, 20% hard. 
the key thing there is actually making the easy stuff easy and actually making the hard stuff hard. So you're concentrating on, say, zone one and two and then zone four and five. Um, yes, zone three has a time and a place, but not in every day, which is kind of where people slip up when it comes to heart rate zones. Uh, running power meters. Yes, you can use running power meters. It's useful. Uh, like you can get foot pods and things, which kind of give you loads of different stats on how your foot is hitting the ground, your cadence, your power and everything else. But again, what's the point here? What are we trying to achieve? Are we just, are we just, forgive the term, this is a genuine term. Are we just going through the mental masturbation of just looking at stats and getting all tingly about stats? Or are we actually focusing on getting the job done? Because I find a lot of these things, whoop bands of watches and all this sort of stuff, it gets in the way of actually people doing the training and getting the job done. That's the long and short of it, team. Whether you're working to effort zones, to time zones, to power zones, to effort zones, whatever zones, and as soon as you get on the bike, there's an awful lot more kit you can use as well. We start to lose the point in the workout. And for every single person here, a lot of that stuff's superfluous and not really needed. You need a stopwatch. It's kind of it, really. And yes, we can look at heart rate zones as well. And we will look at both. But for the vast majority of people's goals here, a lot of this stuff, unnecessary. Don't let it shroud the main thing being the main thing. It's great. I, I love toys and stats and facts and data and stuff, but I don't love it when it gets in the way of actually getting the job done. I love going out for runs without any kit on. I'm obviously wearing clothes. That'll be weird. But like watches and whoops and stuff like that, A, don't need the pressure of, uh, of having the kit on, the gear. I like having the target to keep me honest. I'm putting in the right effort. Pace is good for me. Work off pace. We've already got you down at pace and time. Keep working at that. That's going to give you a target to go for. Whether that's what Tony was working on, for example, in his last block, which was a lot of that was um, time. So time blocks that he's going out running for. And then you can record the distances from there. Or whether you're looking at a very specific um, pace, for example, where for you, Charlie, I think off the top of my head, we're looking at maintaining eight minute kilometers for an awful long time. Well, we need to drill eight minute kilometers. You know? So the plan, keep the plan the plan. Keep the main thing the main thing. Heart rate zones, things like that, they're all good. That outlet's great and it does work. Heart rate zone training does, does work. But so does pace, so does power, so does time. There's a lot of other metrics that we can look at. And for yourself, Charlie, we have, we have pace. So keep it on pace. And don't let other things shroud what is keeping the main thing the main thing. And like Claire's just said there, going with nothing. It's brilliant. Love it. Because you, what you're doing now is you're actually going out, God forbid, for enjoyment of that training session. You're not going out with an, with a, an agenda to perform at a certain session. You're going out to enjoy yourself. Whether that's a hike or a run or a cycle or a swim or whatever. You're actually going out to enjoy that training session rather than being put under the pressure of whatever your Garmin tells you to do. Does that make sense, team? Happy days. Right. Any questions so far? I'm just going to have a quick flick through some notes that I've got from uh, everyone's feedback forms to make sure that we are good to go, make sure we haven't left any stone unturned. But ultimately, where we are at just now is everybody's in a very good place. And this is good. 
but I want to just dive into one particular space. I'm here to keep you honest, to use Charlie's term, and to help you along your journey. I'm not here to point the finger and keep hammering away, but I am here to see what we can do to problem solve your way through each and every week. There are weeks where people are all green and it's absolutely singing and dancing and that's phenomenal. And there are weeks where I know that deep down, people are maybe ambers or reds, but they're not saying it. And I'm gonna pry a little bit. And the only reason I know that is because I've been there and I've done it. But the reason we have support, the reason we have feedback, the reason we have feedback forms and stuff like that, is to help me see your progress and for you to see your progress. So that I can understand what feedback we need to do each week, but also I can then look at that and go, right, you've looked at that and you've put the effort into writing the feedback form, for example, or putting the message in the group or, or, or into WhatsApp or whatever, I can now get a feel for where you're at. And that is how we can make this as one-to-one -one as possible because I'm here to help each and every single one of you. Yes, this group coaching is great and it's nice to have the calls and the bits and pieces and the podcast and the, and the base camp and everything else. We could literally delete everything right now. Everything. But as long as we've got hyper support, the link between you and me, and as long as we have our strategy, the bread and butter, the plan, what it is that you're trying to do, and the ability for us to have conversations, that's it. That's the core element of what it is that we do. And that's how we get you success. Implementation, communication, feedback and review. Does that make sense, team? Right then, team, to end off this call so that I can take an impatient dog out across the fields because he's sat there looking at me. I want you to give me a feel in the comments. I'm going to give you time to answer this because I know there's a bit of delay between me speaking and you hearing. How is this week going? What is your intent this week? Do you feel 100% good to go? In which case, give me a five in the comments. Or do you feel like actually there's a load of work to do and I feel a little bit pined and I'm a little bit lost? In which case, give me a, five, give me a one in the comments or anywhere in between. Scale of one to five, how are we finding this week? The first main week into March, the year is plodding on. How are we doing, team? Let me know. I know obviously we've got some new people in here as well, which is great, amazing. Lowry, Andrew, welcome. Obviously it might be a little bit rabbit in the headlights to start off with, there's a lot to do, but that's absolutely fine. We've got strategies to do, we've got bits and pieces to do, we've got things to implement, and that's fantastic. And look at that, speak of the devil. Andrew straight in there with a five, amazing. Sarah, three. Other Sarah, four. Leg loses me one. What else have we got, team? And also, looking at the numbers, what can we do to improve that? Sarah, how can we get that up to a four or even a five? What, what needs to happen? Other Sarah, we need to build that up to a, another one to get up to the five. And for that, we need to work on the leg, constant massage. There's going to be a few things coming your way for that. Four after our discussion was probably a secret red before that. Don't be a secret red. I'm not here to judge anybody on their feedback. But I hope, I really hope, that you folks trust me enough to tell me when you're struggling. Because that's what I'm here to do. There is absolutely nothing to be gained by struggling alone in silence because I will assume 
that you're doing fine. We'll plan my day based on the discussion. 100% Sarah, you've got this. Absolutely. Claire, five. Awesome. Brilliant. For you, Charlie, we've got some red flags that we need to address in your planning for the 25th. And then we've got to execute. We identified the plan that we need in order to get you to the 25th. The physical training plan, the nutrition plan, the plan plan for the actual planning of the event. I'll say plan again, again in this sentence, don't worry. So now all we need to do is implement. And a lot of the times, folks, I need to think more about the balls. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. And think about what your main priorities are, especially for you, Sarah. Main priorities. Yes, performance at work. But I'd suggest actually a, a, a main priority for you is the divide, is the transition between work and home. And then you've got your training, your development, the super strong Sarah in training that we've got here. And then we've got the high performing work version of Sarah. Well, there's three there. And then I know there's some golf balls that are going to fall around the side of that. Certain things you're going to have to do at work, training sessions, what you're eating, how you're treating yourself, what time you're going to bed, all the rest of it. Sarah Howard, same with you. Think about how you're spending your energy team, because this is how we can really implement success into our day. This is how we can take control. This is not just food and fitness. This isn't just a training program and a nutrition plan and see you later. This is getting you to understand how there are things that need to change in the everyday to figure out how we can bring your best out 24 7, 365. Not just over 12 weeks, six weeks, two weeks, three months, whatever it is, but every, every day. When you're having a crappy day, when you're having a fantastic day. Going through the after action review process, understanding what you've learned, understanding what went well, what didn't go well, and what you're going to do next time systematically every single week sometimes it's going to be pretty crappy feedback sometimes it's going to be phenomenal feedback and that's cool that's all part of the learning process it's a bit like the weight loss weight loss graph if you want to go from up here to down here it's not a single straight line it's going up and it's going down and it's doing this but if the general trend is going downwards then you are succeeding same thing with these habits. If the general trend of how you expend your energy and how you treat your day and how you treat your mindset and yourself, as long as that is generally on the up and in the improvement, then it doesn't matter if you're going to have a fantastic day and a pretty crappy day, as long as it averages out in an upward trend. Does that make sense, team? So that's what I leave you with today, team. That's what I want to leave you with in terms of the thought process and where you are all at. I want you to really focus this week, take nothing else, but focus this week on where your energy has to go. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is left in this week. Where does your energy have to go? What are the absolute priorities? The golf, wrong, the tennis balls. Then the golf balls. And then if you've got a load of noise going on in your life, get a notebook and write down all the little grains of sand that are going to fill that jar. Write them all down, expect them and deal with them. If it's crappy emails, deal with them. If it's, I don't know, the noise of the news or the commute or whatever, deal with them. You can deal with these head on. But it's harder to deal with them when they literally fill your glass jar and nothing else. All right, team? So I hope... 
that makes sense. I hope that's landed with you. Thank you all so much for your attention. We are bob on 45 minutes, which is fantastic for this evening. So thank you very much. Uh, just one more comment there from Claire. Sometimes the mindless activities give you mindful time. Uh, an hour cleaning black mud from trainers from the weekend was the best hour of my day today. Yeah, 100%. There's a reason we procrastinate by tidying because we need to have that time away from our brain because we've got a massive jar full of dirt. So that's how we get around that. That's how we control that. That's how we, that's how we take back control of our lives and of our days. So think about it, team. Go through that exercise because I'm going to be quizzing you all on it on hypersupport as we go through the week. And then let me know how you're getting on. Remember, rule number one of the rules of engagement when it comes to the adventure coach. Information without implementation is useless. So take this information right now and implement it. And do something with it and take it forward. Don't just put it in a shiny notebook and then put it on the shelf never to use it. Think about tomorrow, right now, when you leave, when I end this call, eventually when I stop rabbiting on, and go, right, where's my energy going for Wednesday? What are my priorities? What are not my priorities? The tennis balls, the golf balls, and expect a bunch of sand. And then deal with it systematically. Practice, practice, practice. Team, you've been a pleasure. Thank you very much for your attention this evening. Wonderful to have such a great group going. And it's absolutely fantastic to see you all thrive and push through each and every single week. I will see you all in hyper support. If you need anything from me, you know exactly where I am. Ask, ask, ask away. Just reach out and say, I'm there to help you. And we'll do it. Team, it's been a pleasure. I'll speak to you all uh, next time. See you on Thursday. Have a fantastic evening. Have a fantastic day tomorrow. Peace.